Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So you've discussed how difficult some of your karmic undoing has been. I mean, maybe that's a bit of an understatement. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is really interesting. It is kind of interesting. Because actually this is a question that I've been wondering a lot. Yay. And it's kind of what we were discussing not that long ago. Okay. Going through my karma, if that's what you want to call it, or the other side is just to say, figuring out that I was powerful enough to listen to my own Mm -hmm. heart and create a world accordingly Mm -hmm. was horrible in every way mm-hmm. right there was because I was having to greet all my pain all my shit all the stuff that was not working out over and over again which almost felt even though what I was being shown were my patterns hmm. what it felt like was I was in a never-ending loop of those patterns because I couldn't quite understand how to get out right because <laughs> each time a relationship blew up in my face each time a friendship hurt each time a family dynamic hurt each time anything happened I may have been being made aware of a different layer of my pain of where Mm -hmm. I was separated of where I wasn't listening to my heart and trusting how I knew it could be Mm -hmm. instead of actually putting more stock in what I thought it was going to be because I wasn't good enough therefore creating that Mm -hmm. I found it quite traumatizing in itself and we're not Mm. like re-triggering or re-traumatizing as we say like you don't at this stage in the game you're not creating new pain you're just finding out where the old pain lives right and giving yourself an opportunity to heal it exactly however in almost seemingly reliving that pain Mm -hmm. over and over again it not only made me feel like I was gonna I wanted to give up Mm -hmm. but it left me with a bit of a scar that took just as long to heal, mm, mm-hmm. right? Because in separation, in polarity, we are taught so often that for one to learn, we must be in pain. Mm-hmm. For one to have joy, we must have suffered. You know, there's always the flip side to the coin, right? So when things started going more smoothly, there was a period of time, which was my hell where I kept waiting for the shoe to fall. Mm -hmm. And often, whether or not the shoe did fall, I lived in a perpetual state of anxiety for the shoe falling, right? Or worry or stress. I think anxiety... Or just like over... Yeah, we may not anxiety, but like... Well, no, I mean, I think anxiety is just a bit more extreme, right, than stress and worry. And all I'm saying, and I'm saying that not for you, not to correct you, because there were moments, and I think that word would be applied, honestly. But there are other times when worry and stress are also in there. And anxiety is just the catch-all word that everyone's using. But worry and stress are also much more common, actually, than anxiety. And I was, like, massively overthinking everything, right? And what I started to (laughs) understand was that actually often the only person having that experience Mm -hmm. was me. Hmm. Because if I'd stopped for a moment and thought, all right, all these things that I'm worried or stressing about happening or what something appears to be in front of me, mm-hmm. right? If it was how I feel it to be, mm-hmm. how would I feel? Okay. Fine was the answer, obviously, <laughs> right? So it meant that whatever I was seeing was being reflected from me, which meant it was an issue that was coming from me hmm. that needed 
my attention. Okay. And often the people in my life were just reflecting that back to me because actually what would happen is that I'd end up sorting out my own shit again Mm -hmm. and nothing outwardly would have changed, but my experience of everything would have changed again. Okay. But there were many points during that where I just wanted to give up, where Mm. I'd have another disappointment or another seeming disappointment Mm -hmm. more accurately, where on the face of it, it looked like it was going to go one way. And because my brain always associated certain actions with certain conclusions mm-hmm. I expected it and I regarded it and reacted to it as such right which allowed it to become a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly rather mm-hmm. than just letting things play out as they were always meant to because actually even sometimes it became a self-fulfilling prophecy but then they had to untangle themselves again to go where they were meant to go if that mm-hmm. makes sense as well right because once you're out of your karma once you're once you're in the space where you're actually creating what you want like you do get it but it's just very much about kind of allowing it mm-hmm. to be presented to you, as you were saying in the last episode, that new reality being presented to you. When I'm like trying to shoehorn it into or like funnel it into something or yes. trying to make it come faster than necessary or push all the players towards me quicker or I can see this is where it's going, so why isn't it happening now? What am I missing? What am I not doing? What am I not saying? You know, like mm-hmm. I become, you know, it becomes self-sabotage. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of of dreading something that not that's not happening because I'm not exercising a a modicum of patience a modicum of trust mm-hmm. or actually a modicum of very much open heartedness in that mm-hmm. and eventually I'm always going to do what I was going to do but why am I making the bit in between that so much more difficult for myself yes right yeah, yeah. But of course, I wanted to give up. Even to be honest, there were moments at the start of my 5D experience where I also wanted to give up mm-hmm. because they weren't well. Yeah, I won't sugarcoat it because you know. I think in my head I expected, oh, I'm in 5D, here I am, you know, living on this castle, living this in amazing, you know, like all the things, you know, you have an idea, a fantasy of what your life looks like. And because it wasn't happening in the moments that I thought it was going to happen, I would almost say that my first year of being fully in 5D was probably a bit harder Mm -hmm. than the year before. And that was partly because I was getting used to being in flow, partly because I was getting used to a change of pace, Mm -hmm. but also partly because I was having to reconcile that there was nothing to fight against anymore. Hmm. And so I was almost creating things to fight against. So I felt like I was doing something. Yeah. You can see a red flag from a mile away. You know, no, I don't want, no, you know, I don't regret any, every, every single person. It's not about regretting. No, but but every single person that came into my life in that first year of really being in 5D for Mm -hmm. me was so important and taught me so many amazing things Mm -hmm but they were all about myself. And the one difference in that first year, rather than the years of my karma, was that I was doing everything consciously. Okay. So it allowed me to actually learn from a different way, not where am I giving my power away, but how do I want to use it? What do I want my life to look like? Yeah. What do I want to create? Because right now, without learning what I want to create, I'm literally monologuing. It's been nine minutes. <laughs> uh, without learning what I want to create, I'm not going to be able to create anything other than I've already known. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was sometimes being able to do that. And other times it was really seeing how resilient am I? How much can I listen to myself and stand up for my values and, and be me in my most expressed form mm-hmm. and stay that way when it looks like it's not getting me anywhere? Although it feels and I know and I can see that it will come, hmm. that I am powerful enough to do it, that it's real. And that it's my real, because it's my reality. Yeah, okay. Right? But 
when I think about it now and I think, how did I do that? What was it that kept driving me forward? Every time I, you know, from my going dark the first time to the second time to the third time to the fourth time, you know, there was something that always kept pushing me forward, that always wanted more. Yes, I'd squeeze everything out of what I could, mm-hmm. but I, there was always also something that just kept pushing me more. Yeah, that's right? what you call following your heart and what I call listening to your soul. I was, oh, really? Is that what follow? Oh, is that? I didn't know you called it that until this very moment. Yeah, well, it's because I just let you call it following your heart. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. You have your soul and your soul craves, your soul desires. Mm -hmm. Your soul is fully aware and eternal. So it knows it can keep going and going and going. And knows it can have more. Yes, absolutely. And when we talk about more, we're not talking about more lessons, more pain. No. You know, we're talking about... More more of your fate. More more of what's beyond what you're your perceived suffering because the soul is never satisfied. So the soul never wants to settle. The human experience tells us to settle, right? It's, it's sort of our human nature to settle because it's safe. It's familiar. That's what allows for our survival. But the soul's like, well, I can just keep going and going and going because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And that's the thing because actually, and then I think our human self puts all these as I was talking about earlier with the mind, like our human self puts all these limitations and stories onto what Mm -hmm. the soul is striving for in a way. And actually that perfect marriage between the soul and our human bodies, heart, mind, however you want to talk, talk about it is about knowing that we can keep getting, having better and better and better lives, Mm -hmm. but without burning the old one. It's like just this natural unfolding of joy, right? Yeah. Because that's the thing. And I know I banged on about this a lot in previous seasons, (laughs) <laughs> and I really, and I know I say this a lot in, in the books and everywhere, is that I genuinely do not believe we are here to become martyrs, <sighs> that we are here to suffer and that we're here to learn through suffering. Yes, that was life and separation. That was maybe, if you believe in past lives, that was old life stories. Mm-hmm. But I, for one, know to my very core, I would have not come back into this life and chosen this body. And I choose... If I believe I choose anything, I believe I choose everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't have come back to suffer. It's just not my style. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to say this in any other way. There's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, we talk a lot and we've spoken about this in in previous episodes as well, about how it's really like, where is our energy, right? Mm -hmm. Where does our energy go? Because that's when we know where to direct it. Like, sometimes, you know, you can have old companies, old businesses, old friends, old relationships, where you just have no more energy for them, mm-hmm. right? And you know that kind of like that's how they're slowly dying. You can force yourself, force yourself eventually. It just doesn't work, right? right? But my energy mm-hmm. goes towards more joy. I don't have the energy for separation anymore. I don't have the energy for suffering anymore. And every time I engage with it now, even a little bit, when I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to listen to what I'm seeing rather than what I'm feeling, or I'm just going to shut off my heart and, you know, try and cope in this other world. I just want to die. And I don't know how to say that in in a not less dramatic way because it's true on every fucking level. Yeah. I do not want to live in a world where I have to live like that. Mm-hmm. I have no more energy for it. Yeah. So for me, even if it's just personally, mm-hmm. I choose not to live and suffer. Okay. It's just, you know what I mean? And I don't think I'm the only one who wants who wants that. Well, I don't. Right? I, I, we, I'm right there with you. But you know how in the last episode we were talking about how in Destiny we've effectively like made it poetry in order to make it sound like tantalizing enough that we can survive our karmic realities, right? Absolutely. It's all in the story you spin, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like how, what we've done with pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, we've we romanticized it. it. We've romanticized that you can't be creative without it. Mm-hmm. That you can't know how to love without it. You can't know how to... I have... It's not like I've learned anything so important mm-hmm. in, like, in all this time. Effectively, what's happened is I was a child who believed all this, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I then allowed the world to teach me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then I had to unlearn it. Yeah. That is literally it. Right? Which is why I, we both believe very strongly that if we can keep children in this amazingly powerful space that they, that they are naturally born into, they can skip all of that. Yeah. And then if they can skip all of that, then their lives are not about suffering. Their lives are maybe about growth. It may be about learning. It may be about lots of different things, but it's not about this like deep core suffering that we all yeah. seem to have experienced. Oh yeah. They don't, ha- they won't have to pay their dues. Effectively, everything that's happened to me that caused me suffering was just where I was still not in oneness with myself. Snooze word. I know I was not, I was still separate from myself. Mm-hmm. Snooze word. I know, but effectively is where I could not see that I was not just a mind, a body, a soul, some feelings, or even all my past lives or even all my future lives or all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see that I was me in all of those ways. And I could mm-hmm. bring myself together and take every step as one. Mm-hmm. And the pain of being separate from myself was that was what I was experiencing in all my suffering. Mm-hmm. And I get it. In a world of separation, if you choose to come in as a past life spiritual, blah, blah, then yes, it's going to be painful because you're going to spend your whole life in separation, right? Mm. There'll be some nice bits, there'll be not some nice bits, you'll learn a fuck ton. Separation bad, not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but actually, we've now facilitated for ourselves this what is going on with me? I, oh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody Um, had some caffeine. I'm like, what? We've now facilitated for ourselves this new amazing experience where we get to be on earth. We get to have all the amazing earthly things like food and sex. Like caffeine. You know, and caffeine. (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, welcome to the Rare Podcast. You know, like food and sex and caffeine and all the things. I I need to batch you. I was like, maybe I should go get some. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I'm like, just like, well, I'll be done soon. Like, all the amazing things whilst also not having to do the suffering part mm-hmm. that is what we're facilitating for ourselves yeah and that's fucking huge no it is it's massive because of karma and separation and our experience of separation we've had to have our hearts broken open right like we and you and i remember you asking that when you know when we were recording in my laundry room in our little in the little utility closet you know, why do our hearts have to be broken open? Like, that's just pain, and we're here to not be in pain. Like, so, no. to hurt in order to not hurt is just... It's just a bit least, bullshit. It's a bit separation-y. It's not But I guess so you heal separation. in separation, you experience separation in your healing. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know how not, to say that in any other way. You're right. And it's if not, you're in separation, that's how you're going to experience your healing until you get out of it. Well, it's not just that, but we actually have to know what we feel. Mm. And the problem is, is that we don't know how to feel. Yeah, at the beginning. We don't know what our feelings are. They're so limited that until we can allow ourselves to feel all the feels, wherever they are on the spectrum, we won't understand that they're not as scary as we perceive them to be. Yeah. And we won't develop any sort of emotional maturity if we don't know what our feelings are. As we understand the feelings are everything. Healing the emotional body allows us to access the spiritual body. Yeah. So we cannot get into spiritual adulthood until we have, for short lack of a better word, mastered our emotional one. And that doesn't mean being the boss of it and controlling it, but it means being in harmony with our emotional body, which means we have to understand what our emotions are and what they're telling us. 
Yeah, because listening to your soul, listening to your heart, all the things, however you want to talk about it, it's not necessarily a logical one. It's feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you're running away from all your feelings, you can't actually feel them. No. Right? And you mistake them. I remember one of my biggest issues before is I was always mistaking my fear for my intuition. (laughs) Yes. A lot of people do that. Yeah, but because I had no idea what felt like what. Right. No, and fear is insidious like that. Sometimes it will befriend us. But emotional maturity is key, right? I mean, it's not everything. As we understand healing our other bodies are really important as well. But when it comes to spiritual adulthood and full realization and actualization of the self, we really have to understand what those emotions are telling us. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry, this is almost like karma 101 or karma 102, but we're needing to have this short review because we have to understand where we are right now. Okay. In terms of what we are facing in terms of our evolution and how that ties into our fate. So just bear with me for like, two more seconds because what's happening this year and it could have happened. It could have started for some people last year. And I understand, you know, friendships and relationships all took various turns from 2019 onward, but we're still going through the shedding of old layers of self, even now this year in 2023. And is this for people 3d, 5d in between all of them? Everyone. Okay. Everyone. Even if you're in 5D, there might just have been a surface layer that you didn't realize was still there. It's not ego necessarily. It's just life. Maybe you're still living in the same town, city, village, whatever, and therefore there's still part of your identity, right? It's not ego. It's just self. And so, you know, people attached to those former lives and this continual process of undoing can make us feel untethered and loosened from all the binds that we've had to our lives as we've known them. Okay. And this is a process, as you know, as you can attest to. It is a process. And so we're going to continue to see this, even for people in 5D or close to 5D. It doesn't even matter where anyone is. It's just the reality that everyone's going to be living in. The reason for all of this is we are facing, and this was the whole goal of 5D, is absolute freedom and absolute power. So this absolute freedom that I'm talking about, the one that's, you know, where we're untethered and unbound, and we can do whatever lives. the fuck we want in yeah. any way. Yeah. I mean, that is absolute freedom, which is absolute power. But we have not known either. So the, that, that this entire point underlines our experience of 3D to 5D, separation to oneness, blah, you know, unconsciousness to full consciousness. So effectively, we're to become so powerful and empowered that we can free ourselves from the confines of 3D. You can sort of imagine a celebrity, you know, just certain people who are just seemingly so in their fate because... That, so that whatever they attach their names to, everything just blows up and does really, really well. And you think, wow, that's real success. And it looks on the surface that they are quite 5D, probably, right? And their financial independence or financial success seems to allow them to have a certain amount of power or influence. And yet, when you really look closely or put them under a microscope, you can see they're actually not free. They're imprisoned in certain ideals or a a sort of self-image that keeps them bound to separation. Not that they are living in separation, but they are still reacting to this idea that, you know, I won't be good enough if, but that's not the same as separation, but it's not freedom. So you can understand how in the previous episode, we had to talk a lot about hell. Yeah. Being in the between both. Yeah. Because it's the same thing where, you know, your life looks different, but somehow you're not free in it. Mm-hmm. And actually to be the actual move from three, 3D to 5D and to be totally in your power is you're free to 
do whatever the fuck you want. But if you're not free because you're still trapped in maybe some like unhappiness or patterns or something, then you're still bound. And that is kind of hell because what your world looks like and what you feel like are so different that it can make you think that no matter what changes, I'll always be unhappy. And that is hell because there's no respite. Or I just have so much money to like throw at my issues that I'll just tell myself I'm happy because I'm so free to have whatever I want. But you know, material freedom is not the same as absolute soul freedom. So what happens is you start ping-ponging. Between what? No freedom and all the freedom. Yes, exactly. Because we haven't really fully experienced either. We don't even know what that looks like, right? I mean, freedom in 3D is just, it's, it's just a dressed-up prison. So you, we end up ping-ponging. It's not the same as, as looping, like in your karma, but you, you're ping-ponging within it. Is this an act of empowerment on my, beha- on, on my part or not? Because power is just doing it without having to overanalyze, think it, or explain, or justify, or excuse it. Mm-hmm. It's just being mm-hmm. you in every way. We just don't know how to fully operate within freedom and power. And all the while, we're still grieving our former selves. And so when we have any sort of connection to, even if we're not living in separation, even if we're not separate within ourselves, there's still something about separation that is marking our lives. Okay. Does that make sense? It's left its imprint. And so when we are releasing our former selves, we might still grieve them as we're making this movement. It would have seemed as if we've had enough time to grieve, right? You know, a lot of people talking about 2020, 2020 to 2022 period of grieving we might have had. But the grieving that I'm talking about is actually going to intensify the closer to 2024 we get. Okay, that's just, okay. <laughs> you're, really, you're really holding on to Debbie Downer. Okay, go on. <laughs> I hope by the end of this episode, I won't sound so Debbie Downer, but I think it just, let's just be be fair. It has to be said and I'll just, fine, I'll own it. I'll be the one to say it. And I could just be really unpopular for it. But it's not everyone who's going to be intensive, intensely No, this is really just to make people feel better. Like just understand you're not alone. That not all of this grief is individual. A lot of it's collective. That it's going to be a lot of people are going to be feeling this way and it would really help if people just fucking acknowledged it. And I don't mean publicly like announcing, Oh my God, I'm just crying into my pillow every night, but just own it. Just feel the feel so you can be done. I remember 2020 moving so slowly in some ways that moving from 2020 to 2021 actually felt like a fair amount of time. Whereas 2021 and to 2022 got faster and 2022 to 2023 got even faster. And And the faster it moves, the faster you ha- you're changing in order to keep up with that energy, right? So again, you cannot possibly be that same person you were. I mean, if you are, dear God, you have really dug in your heels. <laughs> you know? But also, it's also you're grieving all the missed opportunities. You're grieving the time, like a lot of people's mm-hmm. relationship to time, a lot of people's relationships to what they know. Like yeah. there's a lot to grieve. But at the same time, I, and I cannot say this, like stronger it's not as big a change as you think it is, ever. It's always natural. Mm-hmm. It's always natural. And it's like anything. If I think, oh, in four years, this will happen, yeah, I'll freak out today. But when the time comes for it to happen in four years, it's going to feel like the most natural, normal, great thing ever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just our minds tripping us up. Yeah. Oh, completely. A lot of the underpinnings of 3D will continue to come out so that nothing that's kept our old lives together will make sense, right? So if you imagine that like our 3D world was sort of held together by joints, right? I remember Ellen, um, she often used the metaphor, which 
I thought was quite fair is sort of mattress slats. And so if you imagine if those joints were removed, how fast those springs would kind of fly up because they were held together with so much tension and pressure. So once the, so you can imagine that we've experienced those various springs flying up, right? And so once that releases, as you kind of said, there was somebody who posted something about like, oh, the world feels less dense because there's been so much that's been released. I'm like, yeah, great. That's true. But that just gives room for more things to be released until everything that has underpinned 3D and all of the underbelly, all the stuff we buried, and I don't mean just individually, I mean collectively, keeps, is allowed to surface. So yes, we'll have those periods of less density, but then we'll have more density come up because everything just has to continue to be released. And that gets exhausting, right? Yeah, no wonder people aren't like, yeah, I'm not so keen on this 5D to 3, 3D to 5D jump. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It just feels like a little bullshit, really. Like, yeah. you're, you know, it's like the sort of, is it the empty promise of the payoff that's never going to come, right? But effectively, when, when all of these bits of 3D are gone, there will be nothing left. There isn't possible because you can't keep making it up. Once you've lost that sense of order, that's actually what people are grieving. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving the fact that all these things have been released and I don't have anything that keeps my life in order. All of a sudden, like my daily routine got messed up. I didn't even know how to manage that, etc. It's a bit like that, but in a bigger way because we're going to sort of see that sense of order more collectively. The third reason that we're going to tend to get a bit more grievy as well toward 2024 is the truth hurts. And that just means, and I think you said it earlier, which was it's confronting all the ways in which we bound ourselves to others through lies and all the ways in which, you know, all those lies we told ourselves. And all the lies they told us as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with the grief? It's resilience. Resilience. You acknowledge that it's there. You feel it, but you keep going. And what keeps you going in part is your integrity. It's the, I'm so aligned with myself though. I know what my truth is. I know why I'm here and I know how to go, best go about my life, right? And that's going to keep me going. And my resilience is just going to keep knocking down all the obstacles that might be in my way. This is really going to apply to end of 2023. Yeah. But we're going to start to see a big shift. So I'm sort of, it's not going to be quite September, but it's going to be before October. We'll see a big shift in how we connect and interact with people, you know, even from our most intimate settings to the general collective. So it's going to feel like, and I don't mean it in the manifestation way, a test of will. Okay. So what do you mean it like? So will I be able to be my fullest self in the face of all this calamity? Okay. And it's not like... <laughs> Oh my God, I never got to stop being the Debbie Downer in this episode. It's like so sad, but it's not to be, I don't mean this in the sort of doomsday calamity, but as 3D continues to release like all the detritus, like buried beneath that ordered surface, we're just going to find ourselves on more and more like sh on shakier ground until the end of 2025. And then is that when things start stabling out? Yes, ideally, yes. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.